I don't see how is it that you, my own sister, can stuff your face and nothing happens, and I subsist on 60 calories a day, or else blow up like a Macy's Day float. I have a right to my own feelings, Sadie, and I am not a twit. I may be pre-periodic and I may be hysterical, so what? Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself, William Shakespeare. My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Megan Charlotte, and I use she, her pronouns. And today, we are discussing the 1988 film Big Business, directed by Jim Abrahams who also directed Airplane and Naked Gun. Naked Gun would release later the same year in 1988. This is a comedy, and our director already had comedy chops under his belt. I wonder which of the three is most memorable (laughs) by society. Is it this one? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Big Business was produced by Touchstone Pictures, a Disney subsidiary where they released their more adult-oriented films. That sounded dirtier than I intended. It was just because... It's not a kid's film. Yeah, it's just not a kid's film. Saying that, Airplane and Naked Gun are more body affair, and this film is not body like the director's other films. And guess what, Megan? What? It tanked in the box office. Oh. And with the critics. Yeah. It made $40 million on a $20 million budget, which is basically just making its money back if you count for advertising. However, it was still like the 23rd highest grossing film of 1988. It didn't do terribly, but it didn't do great. But... Disney didn't need to sweat it because later the same year, they released Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which ended up being the highest grossing film of 1988, and it almost made $200 million, which for 1988 is like wild as all hell. Especially for a film that's half cartoon. It's all ages, except for the fact that Who Framed Roger Rabbit isn't. But it can be in the Disney parks. But Big Business probably will never be. It's okay, because Bette Midler already gets place in the parks now. She does. Because they suddenly started caring about Hocus Pocus. Sorry, I'm stepping on your toes. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Big Business is based on William Shakespeare's A Comedy of Errors, as well as The Country Mouse and The City Mouse. I see that more. I mean, not more, but like, I see that. It's also listed as an inspiration. For some behind-the-scenes info on Big Business, the film takes place mostly at New York's Plaza Hotel, but the Plaza Hotel wouldn't allow filming there, so the producers ended up recreating the hotel on sound stages, and in order to recoup the costs, Disney created a sitcom called The Nut House, where the last name of the family is Nut. (laughs) I love stories like that. I love stories where it's just like, God, we need to build a whole set, but we can't just build it for one thing. We need to find some other use for it, which is now why I believe Disney is perfectly happy filming Marvel films on a parking lot in Atlanta, Georgia. 
We've covered the Comedy of Errors before, during our episode on Angur. The play follows two sets of twins who are separated into two pairs of Dromeo and Antiphilus during a storm at sea. The Antiphili are always in charge, and the Dromies... The Dromies? The Dromai are always their servants. They end up in the same city, though, and hijinks ensue whenever they encounter anyone who thinks they know either pair. But really, it's just the pair that lives in the city, and sometimes it's them, and sometimes it's not. And then in the end, it's like, oh, wow, we're different people. Interesting. And then they're like, we're a family, and it's a happy ending. That sure was a comedy of errors. (laughs) Right? They always say the name of the play at the end of Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Like Hamlet gets stabbed, and he just goes, ugh, I was (laughs) Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. It's time. I took a week off. Now I'm back on. Is it bad that I don't mind as much because I actually love all the people in this? Megan, your thing about the acting corner... Is that I don't know actors, but I know these actors! So it's fine. Go on. Roll that music. Marquez's acting corner! All right. We've got two big stars here, Megan. Bette Midler as Sadie Ratliff and Sadie Shelton. Bette Midler is an award-winning actress who has received four Golden Globe Awards, three Grammys, three Primetime Emmys, and two Tony Awards, and she's been nominated for an Academy Award twice. She's so close to an EGOT, and I'll bet you 100% she gets one for reprising her role as Winnie Sanderson in Hocus Pocus 2. You think so? No. Oh, no, no, I mean, no. I wish. What if they give her, like, a, you deserve one, so... Oh, I'm They'd sure... They'd only do that when she dies, though. No, they'll do it before she dies. Okay. So I'm pretty sure she's gonna get a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. Okay. Which counts. It counts! Bette Midler is kind of a fucking superstar and has had hit albums and a massive career, so I'm just gonna hit some screen acting roles that she's famous for rather than cover her stage and her albums. She's just got a lot going on. So she was in The Rose as The Rose, and that was an Oscar nomination for her. But she doesn't play Rose in this film. She plays Sadie and Lily Tomlin plays Rose. Yes. But she was also famous for playing Mama Rose on TV and was nominated for an Emmy in We're Not Going to Say the Slur. That's for the Roma people. I always just replace it with Girly. Oh, it's Girly. She plays Mama Rose in Girly? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like in Hellfire, it was that Girly girl, that witch who set this flame. (laughs) She also played Dixie Leonard in For the Boys, which is her other Oscar nomination. And yes, of course, she was Winnie Sanderson in Hocus Pocus. Put respect on her name. It is Winifred. Winifred Sanderson. Lily Tomlin, who Megan knows more. She plays Rose Shelton and Rose Ratliff. She's a big lesbian. I didn't actually know that. You didn't know she was a lesbian? She's like super famous for being a lesbian. I'm just like, wow, I love Lily Tomlin. Ignores all news about Lily Tomlin. She has had many awards for her comedy specials, several Emmys. She's one half of Grace and Frankie. She's Frankie. It's a good show. But you've watched Grace and Frankie. Yeah, I cry. (laughs) Okay. 
She was Aunt May in Into the Spider-Verse, delivering more big gay energy. And she is, of course, our queen, Miss Frizzle. Did you know I've never seen that show? You've never watched Magic School of Us? No, I just love Lily Tomlin from her other works. Okay, I mean, I love Lily Tomlin too. Another behind-the-scenes note is that these two roles were originally offered to Barbara Streisand and Goldie Hawn. And honestly, I think the two actresses we got are funnier than the original choices, so I think that we got off better. I think the other two might have fit the... Like, roles? The roles, like their parts, but not for a comedy. Yeah. But that's all that those roles ever are, and especially in this version. And Megan, I have one little baby thing to talk about in the acting corner. And it's that there's a little teeny weeny Seth Green in this movie. And he plays Sadie Shelton's son, Jason. He's not a baby, but he's a baby. He's like nine. This is before he did anything. He's looking like them young boys in The Lost Boys that are like, we want to hunt vampires. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that he's in this film. It was a surprise to me. Saw his name in the credits and was like, Seth Green. Watching any movie from before like the 90s and like discovering some random person who became a superstar later is so funny because you're like, like, they were a child actor. Yeah. Okay, Megan. I'm done. It is time to begin. This is a weird energy that you're bringing in here. It's a big business. Start the film. We're a car in the middle of no. Okay, well, we see a car. We aren't a car. This isn't a car's film. But we see a car in the middle of nowhere. A rich lady is pregnant and a bitch. Yeah, she's complaining a whole bunch. Which, I mean, on one hand, I'm like, she's pregnant. On the other hand, she is worse than being pregnant. Like, she's just being cruel. Like, she'd be a bitch if she wasn't pregnant. You can tell. Yes. And she starts going into labor. Uh Uh-oh, they're in the middle of nowhere. Where's the closest hospital? Turns out it's the Hollow Maid Hospital. But a rural man says, you're not gonna be let in there, though. But they don't listen. They're rich. They keep driving. And then the local man's wife comes out and she's like, Honey, it's time again, and she's also pregnant. Again? So obviously, he's going to Hollow Maid Hospital. Who would have guessed? We cut to that hospital. Wow, what a small town hospital. Someone pees in a cup and puts it next to a bunch of cups of cider. Now wouldn't that be a comedy of errors waiting to happen? Megan, guess what? The nurse is a little absent-minded, and when the doctor tells her to bring the cup of pee to the lab, she puts it on the tray with the rest of the cider, and then goes and delivers it to a room. They're such a bad hospital! Yeah, that's a, that's a sue-worthy. Yeah. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. That nurse probably shouldn't have a job. The rich couple obviously arrives first because they were already in their car. They get in. They go, we need to have a baby now. And the doctor says, oh, well, you can only come here if you're an employee of Hollow Maid. The owner lives right down the street. 
And the rich guy just buys the company. The whole company. He's like, I'm your boss now. Deliver my wife's baby. And so, two sets of twins are born. I just gotta say, the local woman is so nice. Her name's Iona. Her husband's name's Garth. I don't know shit about the rich people because I don't care. I don't know if they said their names. But she's so good. She's like, oh, you're doing so great. And everyone's like, yep, Iona, seeing you again. You're constantly pregnant. Yada, yada, jokes about poor people. Yep. But she's so nice. It's too bad that the piss nurse mixes up the babies and puts one of each of the parents' twins in the other one. So now we've got two sets of twins mixed up at birth. What a comedy of errors. <laughs> I actually think it's kind of funny how they get the same names because it's weird always in the original one because the original is just like, yes, just I have two pairs of twins and the same age ones are the same name. And they're just named that. And in this one, the rich guy says, I want to name the kids Rose and Sadie after my great aunts. And the local man goes, hmm, those are good sounding names and suggests them to his wife. And she's like, oh, that's so pretty. So they've all got the same names. But how did they name the same ones that look the same, the same name? Like, how did they happen to do that? Yeah, that's just some luck on their side. And also, so it's not confusing in the film. Well, yeah, and, like, that's the point. But how likely is that? Like, 50-50? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like... It's, or less? It's unlikely, Megan. I just need to say, though, Megan, the local man gives his wife a wooden duck, and it is a terrible carved duck. And she's so sweet. She's like, that's the best one yet. And that's actually when she goes, what should we name them? And he goes, it's just a duck. Oh, the kids. Uh, the kid. uh Rose and Sadie? <laughs> I just gotta say, I would not be kind. This lady is a saint, because that duck was bad. Iona's a nice lady! Too bad we will never see her again. Because it's time to go to the future. It's a big business. It's the 80s. And we see business, I'm gonna call them business and country versions of themselves. I don't know their real name, their last names. I'm not gonna learn it now. So business Sadie struts on in. And she's a business bitch. We can tell. She's talking about how she's been buying stocks since she was seven years old. But let's be honest, your parents were buying them for you because they were rich. Come on, Sadie. The company's called Moramax. Yes. I just needed to say that. And there's a meeting of the board of directors, and Rose isn't there yet. In comes Business Rose. She's got a dog. She rescued him, and <laughs> she almost loses him in the elevator. But he comes back. He doesn't really like her. But his name's Duke, and who knows, we'll never see him again. And Megan loves Rose because Rose loves dogs. She loves dogs, and she's nice, and she's just like, oh, wow, sorry, um, I don't even know what this meeting is. And I'm like, yeah, you're my hero. <laughs> Megan, when Rose, in multiple times in the film, sees a dog, she will say, oh, look, a dog. And that's Megan, me. Yeah, that's Megan. Not even caring about the owner of the dog. <laughs> so we learn that Rose and her doctor boyfriend broke up. Well, because she wanted to marry him, and he calls to talk to her about it, but who picks up? Sadie. But he doesn't realize he's talking to Sadie, and he's just like, Sadie's a bloodsucker. I'm never marrying into your family. Uh-oh. 
And Sadie's ex is here with her kid, Seth Green. And he's like, yo, Ma, I'm Seth Green. Blam, blam, blam. And she gives him money. And that's their relationship. She buys his love. Well, she pays for grades, which I think is a fine incentive to give a kid. I think paying for C's is a little much. Yes, you pay for A's. B's and A's. B's and A's. A's a lot, B's less. Yeah. Come on! I think it's a fine incentive. My family paid. Yeah. My mom set it up because my brother was doing bad in school, and then I was a straight-A student, and she was like, motherfucker, (laughs) I have to keep it going because she knows I did this for Dan. Yeah, it's a bad incentive to set if you have multiple kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you have one, it should be fine. I mean, she's going too far because she's a rich bitch. So she's like $100 for a C and up from there. Yeah. That's... So it's a bit much, yes. Yeah, and then uh, Seth Green says, Hey, I have an idea for a TV show. I take these action figures and then I put them in silly. So he doesn't do this. I'm just no. no. I, I but was, it, I mean, I was just saying in that, real life. I just wanted him to like be like, I invented robot chicken while on the set of Big Business. What if he was just like, I mean, ever since I was a kid, robot chicken. He's you know, the- from the robot and the chicken in Big Business. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Rose plays with him a little bit, and that's why she's better. Yeah, she's great. But cutting to important stuff, Rose is just like, I don't know what this meeting is about. And Sadie turns to her and is like, you're an idiot. We're trying to offload this stupid business out in the middle of nowhere. Hollow Maid. What? That's the one that was bought so they could be born. And Rose is like, oh, I always liked that story, though. How dad saved that business or something. I'm like, your dad just strong-armed that business. Yeah. And Sadie's just like, if dad was here, he'd sell it off, too. So we cut to Jupiter Hollow, where Hollow Maid is, and they're having a fair. It's a big shindig. Megan, I want to go to a fair. Don't we all? I just want, like, fried food and, like, fresh milk, I don't know, pies. But on this side of town, we've got Country Rose, and she's in charge. She's Miss Guts and Gumption. She's the company foreman. I have to say right now, I really like that this movie switched it up and it's not just, oh, Antipolis is in charge in every city. I mean, it's different because this is kind of the country mouse, city mouse thing. But that's what makes it unique. Yeah, I like it. It's just to show that they are more suited to their specific places based on their parents, which is stupid. But I like that it's not just like Bette Midler gets to be great and Lily Tomlin is a sad girl. It also gives a plot to care about. It also gives them so much to play with as actresses. Country Rose speaks to the crowd and she's like, more Max sucks. Hell yeah, unions. Fuck the police. She doesn't say that, but I wish she did. Because I'm digging what she's saying. She's like, big business is terrible. And I'm like, come on. It's not that bad of a movie. Hacha. But the point of the fair is that they're raising money so that Country Rose can go up north to New York City and raise hell. And helping her is Country Sadie who sings a yodely farm girl song. While milking a cow. And I went, man, I wish Business Rose was happy. It seems like both the country girls are happy. 
it turns out that I'm wrong. But like, there was hope. There was hope, and like, Country Sadie seems more happy than Business Rose does. Yes. Cut back to business. It's a meeting. They need to divest Hollow Maid. Sadie assures the board that their investment in Hollow Maid would be quadruple because of this sale. And the people who work for Hollow Maid are totally for it. She lies. The board doesn't want bad press. They don't want bad business. They just want big business. <laughs> is this going to keep happening, Megan? I don't know, Megan. <laughs> this is on you, Megan. I'm usually the one to do this type of shit, and you've just taken up my mantle. To prove how much Sadie is lying, we're finally shown the banner of the fair back in Jupiter Hollow, and it says, Save Hollow Maid, Axe Moramax. It's good. I like that phrasing. This is where we find out that Sadie wants more out of life. You know, she doesn't want to be in this country life. And Country Rose is trying to convince her that this is a great place to live. And I'm a city person, but man, I'm charmed by this place. Sometimes you just want a little country life. Yep. And Sadie doesn't feel like saving Hollow Maid until she realizes that to save Hollow Maid, they have to go to New York City to convince Moramax. And she is so in. But we have a little snag because Country Rose has a cutie boyfriend who's good at mini golf. His name is Rune. And she hasn't told him that she's leaving and missing his tournament. That's bad. That's bad. And he gives her a little golf ball ring and says, if I win this tournament, I'm going to replace this with a diamond because you're my lucky charm and I'm so glad you're going to be there and I was so scared you were going to miss the tournament. And she just doesn't say anything about the engagement and doesn't tell him she's leaving tomorrow. Sadie packs a ton of stuff. And Rose is like, why'd you pack so much? How long are you staying? And Sadie said, forever. I'm, I'm not coming back. And she doesn't tell her sisters that's her plan because they've got like six other sisters. And the littlest kid of one of the sisters comes up to Sadie and is all sad, cute kid. And is like, are you going to bring me back something? And Sadie almost starts to cry. And the sisters are like, you're only going to be gone for like two days. And this is where I say, yeah, film, you're already showing us that Country Sadie is not the same as City Sadie. Because City Sadie would be like, get off me. I'm bringing you nothing, you little shit. Like she treats Jason, who's the opposite of this kid. Anyway, their sisters give them some advice about traveling to New York City. And as people who have visited New York City before, I think it's very important that we learn this advice. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, don't go into the subways. That's false. Terrible advice. Taxis are so expensive. Always use the subway. Yes. Two, don't talk to any strangers. Sure. Fair. That's true everywhere. Just yeah, just don't talk to strangers. Three, don't eat clams. What? what? Why? I, I don't know. Just don't eat clams. Clams are good. I love clams. Oh, I love oysters more, though. Can I you mean, get some oysters? I might be allergic to them, so I'll take the advice. Okay. And we cut back to the business sisters. 
they talk about their metabolisms because they look at a photo spread of both of them and Sadie is worried about her weight because Rose is always so thin. Well, Sadie's like, I'm not that big. He used a wide angle lens. And Rose goes, no, see, I look thin. (laughs) Oh, Rose, how quaint. You're so made for country and not the city. So we learned a few things. One, the sisters need to make a deal with an Italian businessman whose name I never learned. Fabio. Thank you. Like the romance guy. Got it. Two, our Ratliff has been writing letters saying that he's gonna raise hell. I mean, I'm sure the letters just say I'm, but all the business guys assume it's a man because the patriarchy. (laughs) And two of the businessmen are tasked with finding the Ratliffs when they come to New York City. They're gonna look like Hicks. It must be easy. So we cut to the airport. Fabio has arrived, and he's looking at the photo that the business girls were looking at in the last scene to try to recognize them. But whoops, the country girls look like the business girls. Yes. So they leave the airport, and what? There's a limo. There's a limo that was the business girls, and the driver's like, did you guys change clothes? And Country Rose is not about this. She thinks it's a trap that they're trying to screw with them. And it is very accurate of Comedy of Errors. And I just always enjoy how adaptations do this part. I love the paranoia. Ma'am? Sir? I'm just trying to help you. How do you know me? I mean, what I love is Sadie questions Rose and goes, how do they know what we look like? And in a very 1980s line, Rose goes, computer chips, they have their ways. I'm like, sure, computers can do anything. And they don't want to get in the limo because they think it's a trap. But oh my God, it's a limo. Yeah. So they drive off and the business girls step out of the airport to give up because they couldn't find Fabio to see their limo driving away. Oh no. So they've got to take a cab, but they don't have money. And of course, Business Rose just tells the cabbie that because she's not suited for city living. Yeah. Business Sadie's like, you're supposed to lie to people. She just can't. The country girls arrive at the Plaza Hotel made famous in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I really like that both of them get hit by the revolving doors, just one after the other, because they're not used to them because they're from the country. It's just cute. It's stupid, but it's funny. They're led up to the room, and they think that Fabio is part of Mora Max, and he gets out on a different floor, and they're led to a really nice suite, and Rose is very untrusting of everything, thinks there's microphones in everything. It's so funny! And Sadie gives a dollar tip, which she thinks is really great. She's like, I'm tipping people. And all these people who probably get like $20 minimum are like, are you kidding me? But she means, well, they just think that she's business, Sadie. I want to mention a really funny bit. There's a sink in the living room because it's a suite. So they've got everything. Yeah. And Country Rose is like, there's a sink in the living room. And Country Sadie goes, oh, the French call that a bidet. And Rose says, the French must be taller than me. 
because she knows what a bidet is. Funny. It is actually funny. And also, I think, like, bidets wouldn't have been... Common. ...at all in no. 1988. Because now you can just, like, buy a bidet and attach it to your toilet. Right. No, like... that was, like, a weird non-American thing yeah. in the 80s. Luckily for them and everyone, the hotel staff offered the business girls suitcases to them, and the country girls go, no, those aren't ours. Take them away. So when the business girls show up, their suitcases are downstairs, and there's a whole mix-up, and they go, what do you mean we don't have a room? But don't worry, there's another suite. Next to that suite, that is identical. <laughs> like uh... twins. And then the business sisters enter the room, and the other sisters leave the room. I'm just going to say, this is going to happen a lot, and this is like the main thrust of the joke, and I'm going to tell you, I never laughed once. Once. <laughs> it's just like, but it's constant revolving door. They just miss each other. Yeah. The I know. See, the thing is, the comedy doesn't come from them missing each other. The comedy comes from the people that they interact with. This is what Angor understood, mm -hmm. that them interacting with each other is the main thrust. And that doesn't really happen in this movie with the two pairs of sisters until, like, almost the end of the film. Anyway. We cut to the Mini Masters Golf Tournament. I love this concept, Megan. Where is this? I'm far more interested. I think it's in, a thing. I'm far more interested in this than in actual golf. There have to be miniature golf tournaments, Marquez. Actual golf takes up space, takes up precious land oh, that could be used for terrible. other things. It's wasteful. You have to water it. Whereas mini golf takes up less space and is more fun because there's little statues in places. I'm going to need you to get off that shoebox. No. You know, I'm a mini golf man now. I'm going to change the subject for a brief minute and say, why is this a thing? In Comedy of Errors, no one comes from Syracuse to Ephesus to yeah. follow them. Yeah, I don't know. This is a completely new plot line. I mean, it's fine. It's not like it's a bad thing. But also in Comedy of Errors, the people from Syracuse aren't attached to anyone. They're all single. So I guess that's why. But Rune finds out that Country Rose isn't there, and he leaves the tournament, even though he's winning. He's winning, and he walks out. Yep. He's gonna walk all the way to New York City. The next scene begins with three times of the twins almost running into the other twins. Again, not funny. <laughs> I wrote down each one, and I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't want to say all these. Doesn't matter. We do see that Business Sadie finally meets Fabio. And she just thinks that he is just Euro trash that's flirting with her. And then when she meets up with the concierge, he points out that he's Fabio. And she's just like, oh, God, I fucked it up. I also want to say that Country Sadie and the concierge have this like little flirting thing. And she just kind of innocently invites him to her hotel room. Because she's just like, wow, the view's so great at night. Have you ever seen it? And he's like, no. And she went, you should. That's sweet. It's nice. It's innocent. He's not. Yeah, but he's bad. We think at the moment that it's a cute thing. I'm going to tell you, he's too sexual. That's he's too sexual. 
Next scene, we see business Sadie and Fabio talking business. He wants to make the transaction of Hollow Maid in yen. Because he's an illegal man. Yeah, that's bad. And she's like, oh, who does your laundering of money? And he goes, oh, Jack Butler. And she goes, Jack, I know Jack. And then we find out that Country Rose has a dog named Duke. I think that's one step too far. Well, yeah, it makes no sense. Why would they both want to name their dogs Duke? Yeah. No. That's a little bit too suspension of disbelief breaking for me. Nurture does play a part in people. It is not all nature. Also, by the way, Country Rose is at Moramax now, and people think that she's Business Rose, which is why people start asking her about things, and she's on guard because she doesn't know why they know things about her because apparently they're exactly the same person not just looks and names and she goes up to the two businessmen who are trying to find the country sisters and she expresses that she doesn't want to go through with the sale and the business boys are like are you sure is sadie on your side and she just goes of course she's on my side and so the business boys are like, cool, we don't have to do anything. And they are pretty gay. I don't know what it is about them. There are three very important things, including the fact that they're really gay. Yeah, they're... So first thing, they're really gay. Yes. Second thing, Country Rose is literally wearing a Save Jupiter hollow pin in this entire scene that is very easy to read. How does no one question it? Yeah. And when they ask if Sadie agrees, she doesn't say yes. She says, is a frog's ass watertight. Oh, yes, of course. Your favorite line that actually broke you. I love frogs. Yeah. And that is a perfect sentence. I don't give a shit about does the Pope shit in... Nope. Is the Pope Catholic or does a bear shit in the woods? Is a bear Catholic? Does (laughs) Does a Pope Pope shit in the the woods? woods? I love is a frog's ass watertight. You should start using it, man. I'm going to. We get a montage of country Sadie in the big city. She's so happy. Well, I mean, not everything's great, but she's still enamored. So a lady steals her taxi. She keeps missing these taxis. Meanwhile, Country Rose is trying to sabotage Moramax by putting pamphlets in shareholders' hotel rooms and is dressed up as a maid. She's literally a spy. She's doing some espionage. She's also stamping napkins, paper napkins with ink stamps, which would not fly. People wouldn't hand those out. They'd go, this napkin is dirty, but it does fly apparently, and... Good for her for realizing it would. And at the end of the montage, Country Sadie has learned how to get a taxi by bashing a man with her purse and he falls on the ground and she gets in the taxi. (laughs) She's a real New Yorker now. And she goes to FAO Schwartz. Megan, have you ever been to FAO Schwartz? No, of course I haven't, Marquez. It no longer exists. I know. That's why my note says, I wish I could have gone to FAO Schwartz. It's cool. Now it's kind of like not the same. No. But who else is at FAO Schwartz? Seth Green. And he comes to run up to her. But Country Sadie has wrestled hogs before. And she ties him to a column. 
and ex-husband of business Sadie comes out and sees her disciplining him. And she's looking at Seth Green and she goes, boy, you are hell on wheels. Well, what do you expect? Are you responsible for this? His mother spoils him rotten. Well, she's a damn fool. He's a disaster area. And he's just like, what? Has she come to her senses? She's so incredible now. And it's kind of cute. I ship it. I like it. Yeah. And instead of sticking around, uh, Country Sadie walks out proud and comes across a bunch of guys playing steel drums and she just can't help but yodel. And who's watching? Business Rose's doctor boyfriend eating a hot dog and he's so shocked that Sadie has a heart because obviously only people with hearts can yodel. So he drops his hot dog. I am very sad, Megan. I do not like seeing... This is hot dog abuse? Two things, Megan. Don't like seeing food fall on the ground. Hate it. Ruined food. It makes me upset. Two, don't like seeing meals prepared that aren't eating. Again, going back to make your move. He made a nice breakfast. Wasn't eating. Don't do this to me, movies. Business Sadie's husband, who was just with Country Sadie and was impressed by her, drops off the money that Business Sadie was going to give Seth Green for his grades. Because she's turned around. She obviously wouldn't want him to have it anymore. Yes. We cut to Fabio and Business Sadie basically on a date, and they're gross. Yeah, they're just, like, flirting about how bad capitalists they are. Well, so he wants to buy something in Italy and, like, pay her off. But, like, they're getting real close. And she's just like, but aren't Italian property values a little soft right now? And he goes, no, very hard. I hate it. (laughs) I have no thoughts about it. I'm too ace for this. Yeah, that's fair. And we see the two business boys are now at the Plaza Hotel. And they're just having a nice dinner. And guess what, Megan? Business Sadie sees them goofing around, and she walks up to them and goes, you need to find those people. And the business boys are like, I thought Rose said that it was no longer a factor. And she just goes, are you kidding me? Go now. And they're like, now? And she goes, now. And guess what happens, Megan? They don't eat their food. (laughs) She goes back to her date with Fabio, and there's another disgusting bit where they're flirting, and he asks her if she dances, and then they get up and start dancing, and she's like, don't think this is going to affect my judgment. I'm going to gouge you on the sale, and he says, and I impale you. And then they're like, ha ha, we're going to have sex. Megan, this is a touchstone picture. You said it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's nothing compared to the others that he did, but like... No, it's just all innuendo, and we don't ever really see any sex acts. Thank God. Now, Country Sadie gets the money that the husband dropped off earlier, and the business boys find out that the Country Sisters are staying at the plaza. They were originally going to stay at the YMCA, and they cancel, and they're like, They're here? (gasps) Oh, no. And the country sisters have an argument in their hotel room because Sadie wants to keep the money. And Rose is like, it's a bribe. They're trying to bribe you. And she says, 
Sadie Ratliff, sometimes I wonder if we've got the same blood. Because she's so shocked that Sadie would keep this bribe money. But Sadie, little does Country Rose know, Sadie took some and tucked it away in her bra. She's keeping it no matter what. (gasps) I forget which one of them says it, but one of them says, things couldn't get worse. And then we cut to Rune showing up on a bus to New York City. And we don't follow him because we gotta cut back to business Sadie being like, I heard that you told the business boys that we're done with the deal. And business Rose is like, no, I would never say that. And then business Sadie says, put down the dang eclairs, stop making love to that pastry cart, and help them find those rat lifts. And she looks so sad. She deserves every eclair she wants. And I deserve some too. And then Country Rose runs into Dr. Boyfriend, who offers to marry her. And she's like, uh, no. This is the weirdest bribe yet. Get out. There's this whole thing where she's been saying that Moramax is full of snakes. And so she, like, practices hissing to be a snake like them. And then when he tries to give her the ring, she shakes her bracelets like a rattlesnake. And I went, oh, she's perfect. Lily Tomlin. And while Dr. Boyfriend leaves, Rune shows up at the Plaza Hotel and runs into not Country Rose, but Business Rose, and Rune proposes to Business Rose. I think Rune's a fun character. I think he's the worst at proposals. Yeah. He literally says, maybe you don't believe this, but you're the gal for me and I'm the gal for you and we're going to get married and there ain't no two ways about it. That is not romantic. Yeah. But Business Rose has never had someone do this to her, so we can't watch anymore. I also want to mention that there's a homeless guy outside of the hotel, and he tells Rune not to go in the hotel, because if you stay in there too long, you see yourself come out because there's two of everybody in there. Because it's a comedy of errors, and he doesn't know but he has more of an idea than most people. Next scene, we cut to Country Sadie, and she's all dressed up for going out on the town, and Megan gets very emotional for some reason when people- Because the way the scene says it is that is her old dress that she used to love going out and going dancing in, and then she stopped loving the country life, so she stopped wearing it, but now she has love for life again in the city, and she's putting on her favorite old dress to go dancing. That's cute. And she goes down, and she has a nice, cute scene with the concierge again. She's very wholesome about meeting up in the room. And he's just like, yeah, I will meet you. And then she leaves and we cut to the business guys show up by business Rose. And they're like, who is this schmo? And Rune's like, I'm from Jupiter Hollow. And then business Rose is like, what? Really? I was born there. Like, she's so happy. And he's like, yeah, you were. You're proud of it. Because he thinks that she's Country Rose. And then the business guys are like, do you know the Ratliffs? And Rune goes, you're standing in front of one of them. And they will go, our Ratliff, Rune Ratliff. But he meant Rose because he thinks it's Country Rose. And the business guys are like, business Rose, you have to humor him. Because this is some weird plot by him because he's a grade A con man. 
And so you have to go along with this so that we can capture him. Fabio and Business Sadie end their dinner. They start going back up to their rooms. Business Sadie goes, nuh-uh-uh, I want to change into something better. And he goes, ooh-hoo-hoo. She goes to the concierge. Concierge is like, I'll be there at 10. And she goes, gross, and walks away. Yeah. I feel bad. But I don't feel bad for too long, so we cut to the dinner with the business boys, business Rose, and Rune. And Rune is such a good, wholesome boy. He's pulling out the chair for her. He's calling her beautiful. Yeah, but also he looks at Sushi and goes, put this back in the oven or whatever. He's like, I think I heard it say, help. <laughs> this is just the 80s-ist way to handle Sushi is like, only rich people eat it and it's undercooked fish what chalk it up megan another ruined dinner because he asks to have the sushi cooked and i think that would ruin it business sadie shows up and she's like that's him and the business boys go yeah and she's like well keep him there and one of the business boys goes what are we supposed to do immobilize him with a death ray i don't get that line that's a bad line Boo like, script writer. Ooh, it's, what is this, sci-fi? It's a comedy. While the business boys are talking to Sadie, Rune says a bunch of stuff that really makes my heart go, and I'm gonna read it because I can't not. Go ahead, I'll lean back. And he turns to Business Rose and he goes, well, from the first moment I heard you in New York, all that mattered to me was finding you. You can't be happy here. I mean, the traffic alone, I just can't see you up here in all this traffic. And the food, I mean... Back home, we'd use this stuff as bait. And she's like, no, I'm fine. Really, I'm fine. And he goes, I know. You'd do fine in whatever spot on earth they dropped you on. It's just, Rose, I know you. You don't belong in New York City. That's in your eyes. That's all over your face. You don't belong in that that suit. I mean, all this Moramax stuff is just bleeding the heart right out of you. I know you want a whole other kind of life than this. And she starts crying because she's like, I've never told anyone that in my life. And it's true. And how do you know me so well? And he's just like, because I know you. My heart, Lily Tomlin. She's good. (sighs) So anyway, the concierge buys condoms and Megan hates sex. Fabio runs into Country Sadie and is like, why don't you come upstairs? I thought you were going upstairs. And then gives her an envelope and says, like, reading material. And then he kisses her hand and she's just like, I don't understand what's happening. Well, then the ex-husband shows up and talks to Country Sadie as well. Do you want to know the thing he says to her? Because it also made my heart go, oh. Yes. He says, I wanted to talk to you about what you said about Jason and FAO Schwartz. I was impressed and amazed. It reminded me of a girl I used to know. Listen, I think we should have lunch or something. And he means his ex-wife back when he fell for her. Yeah. And my heart, I mean, it's not her. She hasn't gotten better. But my heart, he is so, his world is changing in front of his eyes. It's wrong, it's an illusion, but still. And the concierge is a weird sex pervert now. I also want to say that I really appreciate that no one in this is married. Because in Comedy of Errors, Antiphilus of Ephesus is married. And then there's like this whole mix up of like, oh, but I love her sister because it's not him. It's Antiphilus of Syracuse, but Antiphilus of Ephesus' wife thinks that it's her husband. 
And it's like this whole really messed up, upsetting thing because it's an actual marriage. While in this one, it's like failed dating relationships. And I'm like, okay, we're okay now. We have everything safe. Everything's fair game. So the concierge and Fabio meet up in an elevator and they're both going up. Fabio to his room and the concierge to Sadie's room. It's the wrong Sadie, though. And business Sadie punches him. He just gets decked. Also, I want to say, when Fabio ran into country Sadie, he was like, why are you dressed to go out? I thought you were getting dressed for the bedroom. Business Sadie is absolutely dressed to go out. That is not lingerie or something. No. She's wearing a tiara and a gown. Yeah, that's not staying in dress. Business Rose is just falling for Rune as he's talking, and she just likes him a lot. And I'm like, no, you're not the right Rose. Nope. But Oh, well. I mean, she's happy, and she deserves it. And in order to keep Rune here, the business boys offer their room instead of him staying at the Y, just so they could keep an eye on him. Yeah, that's the only thing they want on him. Okay. But because we're supposed to have everyone start falling in love with Hollow Maid and be against Moramax while at this dinner. Rune's just like, darn, you know, I've been gone from Jupiter Hollow for one day and I miss it so bad. And the business guys are like, what do you even miss? And he's like, my porch, the sun, there are stars, kids play outside, people look you in the eye. And then he like goes into this thing and he's like, you know, when Mother Nature looks through her window, Jupiter hollows the view that she loves best. Okay, it is super saccharine and sappy and lit. But also, spoiler for the ending. Why didn't they have him come to the shareholders meeting and say something? He would have done better than they did. I don't know, Megan. Because all of them are like, oh my god, Jupiter hollow sounds great. Anyway. We cut to the Country Sisters getting ready for bed, and Country Rose finds the letter that Fabio gave Country Sadie, and opens it up and finds out Mormax is gonna strip mine Jupiter Hollow. <gasps> That's not what they said they'd do. That's a lie, so now Country Rose is really fired up. And Rune goes up to Business Rose's room and he kisses her like a man. And I dislike it because even though they're not married, it's still weird. Yeah. And because he gives her the ring and she accepts it. I'm like, wow, you must be really sad in your life, Business Rose. Like, I'm happy that you're feeling happier, but wow, this is fast for you. For him, he thinks it's the, you know, woman he's been with for years. Megan, this is the most important scene. The business case scene? Yes. It is wild. It starts with them looking around their room and they're like, he left. What are we going to do? We shouldn't have let it left. I wish I'd wrestled that hot man to the ground so he couldn't have left. Yep. And Rune shows back up at the room. Because he's not some terrible con artist. He's just a nice country guy who's just like, thanks for letting me stay with you guys. Yep. I'm back. Yep. And they let him in, and there's classical music playing, and Rune sits down, and he says, Hey, it's classical music. You know how I can tell? No lyrics. And it's just funny. 
And the business guys are looking through his stuff while he's showering, and they're like, all he has is a harmonica and a quilt. And his name is not Ratliff. Oh, This is no. not our guy. Well, they do mention how really nice the quilt is because they're gay. Oh, yeah. They're like, this quilt's really nice. And then Rune comes in, he's doing push-ups, and the guys are just staring at him. Yeah, well, he also asks the other guy, hey, that's a nice kimono. You get it in Nam? And the guy says, no, Fire Island, which is gay, a gay place for gay men who do gay things with other gay men. And then Rune is just like, wait, you guys only have one bed in there? And they went, yeah, you sleep in the same bed? Yeah. Oh, well, I can't let you guys do that. I'll share the bed with one of you. And one of the business guys is like, yeah, I'm fine with that. But they're like, no, we're sleeping together as gay lovers. You and can't Rune's, just invite Rune into this with, for just you. And Rune's just like, oh, you guys are the best. And anyway, Business Sadie and Fabio have sex. I just, Megan. Yeah. This is a touchstone PG picture. This scene. So gay. Was shocking to me. In the 80s. And not like as a, I mean, it is jokes. Yes. But they're not butts of jokes it's well, just like well also it's like jokes it's also strange because everything is coded like none of it is clear this isn't and i'm gay i'm watching godspell with my friends yes i was just about to say this isn't scotland pa this is coded i'm sure that the screenwriters were gay i mean bet midler and lily tomlin are gay icons well one because bet midler is a gay icon and two because lily tomlin is a lesbian this film has gay icons in it doing comedic, over-the-top, campy things. This is a gay film. It is just astounding to me that it is a PG film by Touchstone, who's Disney, doing this. And it is more gay than High School Musical, the musical, the series that has canonical gay characters in it. Cutting back to some straights. Business Rose is like, wow, I really like this ring, but oh, what's this? A pamphlet about how bad Moramax is. I'm going to read it. And then the business gaze, we cut back to them because we can't have too much straight. Yeah. Thank you, Touchstone, for realizing that. And they're just like, how are we ever going to find the rat lifts? And Rune's like, oh, I'll just take you to them right now. Let's go. One of them is naked. Oh, yeah. With just a newspaper. They are very gay. Yes literal gay naked man in the same bed as another gay man also all coded not explicit it's just if you know it you see it the audience if they're gay they'll be like "Uh Mm uh-huh and if they're straight they probably will miss half of this so it's breakfast time and the country girls go down to the hotel breakfast and country sadie's like wow so many syrups wow 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 whoops i spilled red syrup all over my blazer guess i have to go shopping in new york city and country rose is like 12 dollar mini pancakes and both of the sadies are looking at the same dress on the same mannequin without noticing each other because they're the same. It's not funny, Megan. It's not. This is not funny. This is not comedy. I don't like it. It's not funny. But what is funny is that business Sadie then goes into the breakfast, sees Country Rose, and is like, "Ah, oh, my sister, and sits down next to her. And they start talking about their nights and their days. Again, just like in Angor, talking about completely different things, but they think they're having the same conversation. 
Meanwhile, country Sadie buys the dress. Then business Sadie leaves and is like, I'm going to buy that dress while country Sadie's buying it. And then she lies about her size a bunch, which is unnecessary. And then business Rose is like, man, I've got to find Sadie. And she goes back and everyone's like, Rose, you already ate. What a piggy. And then country Sadie comes back in her new outfit. But now she looks much more like business Sadie. So business Rose thinks it's her sister. And she's like, I feel so bad about this whole Jupiter hollow thing. And country Sadie's like, yeah, well, we're going to stop it. And business Rose is like, oh, thank God. Oh, my whole world's better now. But then they got a tinkle. I'm sorry, TT. They got a TT and not and not turlet. Can't use the turlet. You got a TT. The business guys and Rune are chasing down the pairs of twins. See two of them go into the bathroom and go, oh, they're in there. We got to wait like six seconds. What do you think they are? Penis people? They're going to be in the bathroom a little bit a more. A little longer. Also, they almost walk into the same stall as the other pair because... They're identical. (laughs) But the Sadies come out of the stalls at the same time on opposite sides of the room. And there's like a mirror and then nothing and a mirror and then nothing. And so they keep seeing themselves. So they think it's like all mirrors. And they're like, wait, this part's not a mirror, though. And they're like, what? This is a Scooby-Doo-ass bit. The reactions are so over the top. And the, the roses come out and they do the same thing. And then they all scream. And then the business gays run in with Rune because they hear screaming. But I want to read some of the things that are shouted out when they discover they're twins. A lot of woes. Whoa, whoa. They're clones. What a cheap trick. It's pod people. I saw that movie. I was at the premiere. There's no such thing as pod people, is there? Are they real? They're robots. They want to kill us and take our places. You've seen too many movies. We gotta be in some kind of, like, it's a film or a play because it's a comedy of errors, and it is. Parallel universe? That's the dumbest damn thing I ever heard. Please don't shout. You're such a hick. There's UFO written all over this. They're probably relatives. Listen to them. They're imbeciles. It's just this whole long thing. And you can't hear like any of those lines except for cheap trick and pod people one time. I just put they all react so much. And Megan's got this, I think. Business Sadie looks at Country Sadie and goes, it's me with a bad haircut. And Country Sadie goes, bad. I paid $12 for this. Which, A, good haircut for $12. And then they're all like, we got to figure out who's who. And it's so great because Business Rose has like an existential crisis at this moment. She's like, um, oh my God, I hope I'm still me. There's a chance I could be her. Oh man, I know for a fact I'm not me. Also, Country Rose mentions, of course, this is what happened. It must have been Nanny Lewis. She's so loopy. She spent her last years putting diapers on a chair. She must have switched the babies. And then they're like, but how do we know who's who? We're all supposed to be in the places we are. And Business Rose is like, no, I hate New York City. And then Country Rose is like, that's sad because we're happy in the country. And then Country Sadie's like, no, I hate grits and smelly boys. And I hate having sex and recreational vehicles. Again, touchstone. Yep. Come on. But it's time for the meeting. They've got to go. they got to go. And they're like, yeah. We're all on the same side. We're all side on now. the same side. And business Sadie's like, of course, I'll just go in. Because otherwise people will get confused. So I'm going to go alone. Country Rose is like, no. 
You're a liar and a fiend and a city scoundrel. I'm not doing this. I don't trust you. We're going in and you're staying. And she pins her to the wall and she's like, help me. And Business Rose is like, you lied to me because she finds out they were going to strip mine Jupiter Hollow. And then Business Sadie and Country Rose are fighting. And then Business Rose helps Country Rose. And it's like, yeah. And Business Sadie's like, Country Sadie, help me. You're not like them. You're like me. You love money and shoes and polka dots. They're hicks and you don't need them. Who needs these hayseeds? What does Country Sadie say? She says, I do. I need those hayseeds. Out of nowhere, honestly. Megan? What? I'm so glad you were paying attention to all of this. No problem. That's what I'm here for. And they throw Business Sadie into a closet and keep her there. And surprisingly, Country Rose, well, it's because she has the balls and would be able to fight Business Sadie. Is like, I'm guarding the store. You two go in. But what? That means Country Sadie has to pretend to be Business Sadie and she doesn't talk apparently so the two ones who are least assertive have to save jupiter hollow which i do like i do like it as well and sadie gets in there and it's all these people and they're all businessmen and she's like we're not doing this and everyone's getting mad and they're like you said this was a great plan and we were gonna make so much money and then she starts quoting an episode of dynasty Mm -hmm. that she loves that's just like i'm in charge of Denver Harrington. And and then she's like, I mean, Hollow Maid. And it's funny because she's quoting an episode that she knows by heart. And it doesn't uh, work. It doesn't work, though. They're like, no, we want our money. And then Business Rose is like, I have a voice. <laughs> and she's like, this is a fraud. You've been lied to. It's strip mining. And here's the truth about everything. And the shareholders are like, wow, that's terrible. We don't want that anymore. But honestly, I was not convinced by them, which is why earlier I was like, Rune would have done better. Well, I mean, their argument was that you don't want the bad press. Yeah, but I don't know. It was just the way that like the music swelled and stuff. And I was just like, that's not really a music swell moment. You have to like make me emotionally yeah, connect. I liked the subversion. It wasn't that they were convinced that Hollow Maid was a glory. That's why I'm no, like, no, no. I, I disagree I... that Rune would have done better because Rune would have been all folksy and they would have been like, I don't care. Yeah, fuck that. But I like that Rose convinces them by just being like, save your own asses. This is way too much trouble. It's better in the long run if we don't do this, which is a very businessman and not like an inspirational final speech. It's not funny. No, and I'm not looking for funny. What I wish had happened, I guess, was that the music swelled and then cut off abruptly. And she went, this is a stupid idea, guys, for your money. Yeah. But instead, the atmosphere around what she said was as if it was inspirational and not in a funny way. So I wish that they'd done something with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it the moment subversive. doesn't work. I yeah. agree. And they win the day, and outside, all of the men are there, except for the concierge, because he doesn't matter. Yes. And it's four husbands for four sisters, and they're going to do a barn raising and dance together, and, you know, because, like, seven brides for seven brothers. Yeah, cool, Megan. What? Why reference this now? Because it matches, because they're all just waiting. Okay. And now they're all together. Business Sadie goes with Fabio. 
And they can be horny, terrible people together. And obviously, he didn't really need the sale of Hollow Maid. He's wealthy regardless. He's not ruined, which I think is a weird message to send. It's like, don't worry, the bad guy still wins. Yeah, the capitalists are fine. Country Sadie ends up with the ex-husband which is wild because does he know that she's not the sadie i mean he's gotta know now but like they they... all walked out at the same time also do they have money now they'll be fine i root for them and the thing that doesn't work in the slightest is that country rose country rose goes off with doctor boyfriend they never even spoke he offered her a ring and she went i don't like you And now they're like, yeah, let's get lunch. Let's talk about it. No. Everyone, this is very much an as you like it situation where it's like, and also my brother marries the friend. It's like. I guess it is very Shakespeare in that it makes absolutely no sense. They don't know each other. So it's just pair the spares. And then Rune gets with business Rose, which also doesn't make any sense because he didn't fall in love with business Rose. He was just wooing what he thought was country rose. Yeah, but I guess... I know, they're good together. No, and like, looking back on it, I'm like, well, yeah, country rose didn't care about the relationship, really. No, she cared about saving her freaking home. Fucking A, do that. Yes, but like, if you care about that more and you care about the relationship, you tell him, but she wouldn't even tell him. It's just weak. I think It's weird. I think as we go down and list the relationships, the less they make sense... The movie probably should have spent more time establishing relationships and conversations. No, it's funny when someone walks out a door and then someone walks in a door. Fuck this. The movie ends. We're done, Megan. No, the movie doesn't end because a businessman walks out after the girls and it's a business version of the homeless guy. Sure. And then the film ends on that like, what a wacky thing. That's the end. Yeah. I still will say that I root for country Sadie and ex-husband to the moon. I think it's weird if he doesn't know who she is. I mean, none of them do. Except for Fabio. Yeah, that relationship is the only one that... And it's the worst. Yeah. It's the one I care about the least. So how did that work as an adaptation, Megan? I mean, like, it didn't hit all the beats. But at the same time, Comedy of Errors plot is so simple that I think it hit all the beats. It's people doing double takes. And I think it misses the getting mad at each other because of what another person says a lot. Which I find really abusive a lot of the time in the original. And it's stuff I dislike where it's like, and then I beat him up because he didn't have my money. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, some of it I like, some of it I dislike in comedy. So I guess if I had to say it's not a very good adaptation, it's just taking like the concept of the twins thing and using it. It uses it fine. I didn't think this film was that funny. And I probably would have laughed at a straight adaptation of Comedy of Errors more. I mean, like Angor killed us. Yeah. Angor is great. And this movie is fine. Yeah. It's wild because we love the actresses in this film yeah. that are like 90% of the film. And we're just like, they did the best they could with what they were given. All right, Megan, it's time for a returning segment. To <gasps> what did Roger Ebert think? The fundamental problems of the movie all could be traced, I suspect, back to the screenplay. 
After the babies have been switched and the premise has been set up, far too much time is spent with the futile manipulation of the four characters in the hotel. In a movie of disappointments, the major disappointment is a shocker. What have we been waiting for throughout the whole movie? For the moment when the four women all meet in the same place at the same time, right? So what happens when they do? After the first shock moment of mutual recognition, nothing happens. The movie cuts to the next scene. There's no scene in which the women reconstruct what must have happened and deal with their new reality. No scene in which the two nice Tomlins gang up on the two bitchy Midlers. If there's anything worse than a long, slow, boring build-up to a payoff, it's the build-up without payoff. This movie doesn't feel finished. Well, because here's the thing. In Comedy of Errors, that happens the very end. Yeah. It goes, what, you're them? What, you're them? Oh my god, oh my god, I've missed you. I, my whole life without you. We discuss it. What happened? What happened? Our father, oh, our mother, we all meet. Wow. The end. I think we should do that. Right. It's just weird because they do the same amount of payoff after that, which is nothing. Yeah. But then the movie continues. I think, A, don't make it so that when they discover each other, the stakes of the shareholders meeting is so high. So what I would have loved if there was a scene after they discovered each other where they're all just like sitting around a table. You don't show them discussing it, but you say like, Ah, so that's what happened. Or you say like, and I met your ex-husband and I- If they discussed any of the relationships to each other, that would be great. And like, have Country Rose be like, oh, fantastic, he's an amazing guy, I just don't jive with him. You have my blessing, says everyone to everyone. Or or when they meet up at the end, having just like, listen, I am not your ex-wife, but we can start a new relationship. Just anything. Roger's right, because the film's main goal always stays the shareholders meeting. And that's not the point of Comedy of Errors. There's nothing like that in Comedy of Errors. The closest thing is this necklace that has to be gotten and paid for. And like, oh, people are mad because that doesn't happen. But that's always less important than, but what's going to happen when they find each other? And then resolving that. Completely agree. So I think if Shakespeare saw this film, this is what he would say. Am I in Earth, in Heaven, or in Hell? Sleeping or waking, mad or well-advised? Because I don't really know how to feel about this film. That's fair. MVP. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. It's Lily Tomlin. Bette Midler's fantastic. Yes. But she also had to play bitches. And Lily Tomlin's so nice. And her characters drive the action and then do the resolution. Yeah, I agree. They have have arcs. Yes. So country Sadie has an arc that is resolved weirdly too fast of just like, who needs these hicks? I do. It's like not telegraphed at all. Yeah. It's not Batman's fault. No. The role wasn't written as well. Lily Tomlin got the better roles. And the better laughs. I also learned another fun fact. What? Which is that as business rose... Lily Tomlin would spin around in a circle before her scene. So that she seemed like out of it? Yes. I love Lily Tomlin. (laughs) It's so good. But yeah, it's Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin wins. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to a thing I said at the beginning. Yeah. I'm really grateful again because 
in most comedy of errors, it's really easy to be like, duh, Antipholus is the best one because he has all the parts. Yeah. He's the important one and Dromeo's just there. While in this one, they both have a strong character and a weaker character. And it's good. Thank you. Now, if you just wrote them equally well, yes. it would be harder to choose. Hey, Megan. Yeah. What would you rate Big Business? I would rate Big Business one baby Seth Green out of two very gay businessmen. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Marquez, what would you rate Big Business? I would rate Big Business two relationships that I think are okay at the end out of four, count them, four ruined meals. <laughs> Both 50%. Yep. It's uh, middle of the road. Completely middle. Don't really know where I would say if it's good or bad. It is just a movie. I wouldn't want to watch it again unless I wish to show it to someone. Oh, yeah. I'm not watching this on my own ever. Yeah. Like, there are other films that I would love to watch again. Like, I would love to watch Encore with a bunch of people, but I wouldn't watch Big Business at, like, a party. All right. That is where we will end it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please follow us on all social media at AvantBardPod. And if you really like what you heard, you can support the show at Patreon.com slash AvantBardPod. Bloopers for this episode will be on Patreon next week. Thank you oh so much for listening, and we will see you anon. AvantBard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlo. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about AvantBard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at avantbardpod.